2: Hello! If you're hearing this, that means you get the internet. And if you get the internet, that means you can watch the live stream of the live show that we just did recently. We did a half the News Olympian, half Potterless live stream live in North Carolina, and it was an absolute blast for TNO. We did the first two chapters of the first book in the Heroes of Olympus series. And for Potterless, we did an improvised Big Brother format where we put a bunch of Harry Potter pets in a battle to see which magical pet would reign supreme. The video has gorgeous visuals and crisp audio, and it's a multi-cam set up so it feels very dynamic like you were there you can watch that stream until march 17th at 11 59 p.m and you can get tickets at my website shub's slash tour again that is s-c-h-u-b slash tour to watch the replay of the half powderless half the new olympian live show that we did recently i hope you enjoy it
1: there have been so many times i have muted myself on my work Zoom meetings because an ambulance is passing Mm -hmm. and then forget to unmute myself and start talking. (laughs) They all think I'm like a 50-year-old man who doesn't know how to work Zoom. They're like, Kelly, I think you're on mute. I think you're just on mute. And I'm like, ah, damn it. I'm my mother.
2: Welcome fellow sleuths to meddling adults a game show where we grab our blue convertibles and go head to head to test our wits against the prowess of fictional young detectives for charity. I'm your host, Mike Schubert, and I am notoriously bad at solving children's mysteries, which is why I'm safely behind the judges table, letting others duke it out instead. Our contestants this week are Paul Bay and Kelly Schubert. Today's mysteries are from Nancy Drew. Paul will be playing for Old Friend Senior Dog Sanctuary, and Kelly will be playing for UNICEF. So without further ado, let's put the pedal to the med- all and meet our contestants. Paul, how's it going? It's
0: going great. Thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. I'm very excited. Kelly, how's it going for you?
1: It's going well good to be here with you in our room.
0: Yeah. (laughs) This is my first time meeting your wife, Mike, because I I feel like we've had an illicit affair just one-on-one behind your wife's back until now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad she's meeting the other man now.
1: I can finally be part of this friendship. I'm glad. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, as we talked before we
2: started recording, Paul, you're indirectly the reason that Kelly is obsessed with BTS, so I feel like it was uh, a destiny meeting of sorts waiting to happen. Uh, One of us. One of us. (laughs) Now Kelly is playing for UNICEF because of BTS, right?
1: I'm I'm playing for the uh, Love Myself campaign through UNICEF, which was a campaign set up by BTS through UNICEF and their End Violence campaign. So, yes, you're also the inspiration for my charity in a roundabout way.
0: (laughs) Hey, that's fantastic.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So... Before we get into it, Paul, do you have any sort of experience, or were you a fan of mystery novels, Nancy Drew specifically, any of the stuff like that?
0: No, none at all. Not even of puzzles, and that's why this is such an exciting (laughs) thing for me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Kelly, I know you are a fan of physical puzzles. You've been doing a lot in quarantine. Yes. Are you into mystery whodunit mind puzzles of sorts?
1: No. I never saw Scooby-Doo. I never read Nancy Drew. Whodunit was not my my genre as a kid. Okay, good. But- I'm very good at guessing the endings to movies. Oh. I will
2: give Kelly credit for that. This happened with all of the Marvel movies. This happened when we watched Parasite. Yep. She's very good at like a third of the way through being like, are they going to just do this? I've never met anyone that asks as good of in-movie questions as Kelly. She's very good at predicting any time a character acts suspicious. So I do think that could give you an edge.
1: I've only been surprised once in a movie. Which was it? Six Sense. Sense.
0: I was gonna ask, to be surprised by. I was just about to ask you have but have you seen sixth sense because that's the one <laughs> I'd be really impressed by
1: I I was young when I saw that. I mean like younger I was like a high school student so I mean what, maybe I hadn't peaked yet at my <laughs> my sleuthing.
2: Well, we'll really see if you can peek on this episode of meddling adults before we get into the mysteries just a little bit of background on Nancy Drew. Nancy Drew, is a book series that has a lot of different spin-offs. It was originally written in the 1930s by quote-unquote Carolyn Keene, which is just a pseudonym for whoever is writing the Nancy Drew book at the time. What? They've hired out dozens of different writers to do it. Uh, and you can see that because of that, there's a lot of inconsistencies that get dropped and picked up and all of that. And the series keeps getting rebooted and rehashed. Basically, Nancy, for the most part, is in high school. Her dad is a vague lawyer where his specialty in law changes depending on whatever is most convenient for the plot. Uh, She has a boyfriend in college named Ned Nickerson who's like your classic athlete. But what's very fun is that he is usually the damsel in distress, which I think is a fun thing. But a not so fun thing is that the books originally written in the 1930s all had to be rewritten in the 1950s and 60s because half of them were racist. So the answer to the crime was like, oh, I don't know. This person doesn't look like they should be shopping in a fancy clothes store so thankfully all of the future Nancy Drew content is a lot more wholesome and that's what we'll be focusing on for these episodes of meddling (laughs) adult. did
0: you say she was uh in high
2: school yeah she's like a high school senior in some of them but it just she never goes to school I think what's understood in the original series is that she has graduated high school but isn't in college yet she's taken like a gap year of sorts I guess to be a very prolific detective okay
1: how long
0: undetermined uh, amounts like of time.
1: there hundreds of books?
0: There are. <laughs> <laughs> As a former high school teacher, I was very concerned that she was dating an adult while she was a teenager, and I'd be like, the yeah. meddling <laughs> adult here is her boyfriend. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so here's how the game is going to work. I have prepared three mysteries from Nancy Drew, which neither of you have read before, and I will be recapping these to you. I will give you the chance to lay out who you think is guilty, what you think their motive is, et cetera, and I will be assigning points accordingly, and at the end of these three rounds, if the score is tied, we will go to a sudden death riddle. What? Mm-hmm. A riddle? A sudden death riddle. He it's the it only way to solve it. <laughs> That's actually what it was in episode. Th- really? No, No, it was, it was the ice cube hanging one. Um,
1: <laughs> I know because Brandon said it. I listened to your episodes this morning as research. <laughs>
2: ah, doing some prep work. I did but let's see if it even comes down to that. (laughs) So the first mystery that we will be covering today is from the newest series of Nancy Drew, Nancy Drew Diaries, and this one is called The Mystery of the Midnight Rider. So Nancy and Ned go to the River Heights Horse Show where they meet Ned's friend, Peyton. River Heights is the fictional town which they live in, but it's probably in like Ohio based on what happens all of the time. What? (laughs) They're going to a horse competition. There's corn mazes and stuff. Come on, it's clearly Ohio. Okay,
0: hold on. One one question. Who's Ned again? Ned is her boyfriend. Okay, got it. The meddling adult. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The titular meddling adult.
1: I am not an auditory learner. All of this is going right. Over my head. I know.
2: I need to draw this. <laughs> I
1: know. I'm like, can I write this down? Yeah.
2: Do you want me to get your notebooks? So you can write stuff. Maybe. Yeah.
1: yeah. I'll, I'll get you When okay. I was when I was on jury duty, I drew out a diagram. There was a whiteboard in the room, and I drew out a diagram of what they were saying because I was like, I just can't. <laughs> I have to picture this. I can't do it.
0: I'm gonna try to be an auditory learner right now, just because I'm afraid the desk I'm on, you're gonna hear the pen marks on the recording. I'm going to do my best to just try to picture it in my head. I'll imagine it on the wall. You could always
2: type notes into your phone unless you have the sound on and you're one of those people that keeps the noise on when they text.
1: I mean, maybe this will just keep me at a kid's level for a mystery. It'll be fine.
0: (laughs) Maybe I'm just not good at mystery and this is going to be a lot
2: of fun. (laughs) So Nancy and her boyfriend Ned go to the River Heights horse show where they meet Ned's friend Peyton. Peyton is competing in the horse show and she wants to do well because an Olympic talent scout will be there. Now, one of Peyton's competitors, Jessica, snaps at Peyton while she is talking to Nancy and Ned, because you're not allowed to talk to anybody in the warm-up ring. Peyton's trainer, Dana, relays that Peyton's horse has been accused of using performance-enhancing drugs, which apparently is something that Horses can do, and I also find it interesting that the trainer is like, hey, your horse might be using performance-enhancing drugs. I'm the trainer.
1: (laughs) If it is, I gave them to it.
2: (laughs) So the first competition of this weekend-long horse show is the jumping competition. Peyton performs. She does very well. And this angers another competitor named Cal. I will let you all know this is the last new character to be introduced. So to recap, we have Peyton, who is their friend that rides the horse. There is Dana, the trainer, and then there is Cal, the other competitor.
1: Well, we forgot about Ned. What What if it's Ned? It's
2: never Ned. What if it's
1: always Ned? What if Nancy Drew is always wrong and it's always her boyfriend that's doing these things? It's
2: a 212 book plot waiting to unfold. That's
1: why there's always mysteries surrounding her life is because Ned is just like a little meddler going around (laughs) doing a bunch of crap.
2: Ned is the meddling adult, as Paul said.
1: (laughs) He's an adult. (laughs) Disturbingly so.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So Peyton does well. This upsets Cal, because Peyton's horse Midnight used to be Cal's horse. So he's very grumpy seeing his ex-horse, I guess, go on and thrive without him. After this performance, Dana still isn't pleased, which puts extra pressure on Peyton because even though she did well, her trainer's still not happy. So that evening, Ned has a barbecue at his house, and Nancy goes, Peyton is there too. While Peyton is there, she finds a threatening note telling her that she should drop out of the competition. Because of this threatening note, Nancy decides to investigate everyone that they've met thus far. (laughs) Because she's Nancy Drew, what else (laughs) is she going to do? Nancy checks in on Dana, who, while she is snooping on her, receives bad news that Midnight did in fact test positive for a borderline amount of theobromine. Now, Paul, I turn to you, the resident dog expert here, because according to the book, theobromine is a chemical found in chocolate that you're not allowed. That's why you're not supposed to give chocolate to dogs. Is this correct? Are you familiar with this chemical substance? That is correct.
0: I don't know about the chemical itself, but you can't give chocolate, especially dark chocolate to dogs. It's toxic.
2: Has this ever happened to you with any of your three dogs?
0: No, but the youngest one has eaten edible weed. By accident. Well, how'd that go? We ended up on the national news. Oh my gosh! What? what is your as life, as, as, Paul as, a, as a warning to keep your dogs all, you know away from parks areas where people might be smoking up a lot or eating edibles. Oh my gosh! Uh, that type of thing. It was, it was it was it was dangerous. It was it was not funny until she came out of it. Mm-hmm. And she acted like a normal high dog. Like
2: she just wanted as many kibbles and bits as she could get her paws on.
0: Yeah, and stared at my clock, <laughs> and just kept making weird eyes at me, like you know that your story sucks, Paul. Tell a better story. <laughs> Where's my munchies? Man, am I thirsty?
2: She uh, asked, why do humans have so many types of shoes?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I don't know. The first time I was around someone that got high in college, I asked them, what happens when you get high? And he said, oh, I don't know. When I get high, just ask really stupid questions. And then he smoked. And then 10 minutes later, looked around at people's feet at the music festival we were at. And he said, wow, there are so many kinds of shoes. <laughs> and then I started laughing. And he said, oh, no, god damn it. <laughs>
1: My dog ate chocolate. We've had to pump my dog's stomach for multiple things. My dog eats everything.
2: (laughs) What did you have to get it pumped? I know chocolate and grapes.
1: Chocolate was one of the things she ate. A sock. What? (laughs) So so she ate a sock, and there's a worry that it will obstruct their bowels and that it will kind of, like, Uh. explode their intestines. If they Uh. eat something too large that they can't process, essentially. Mm -hmm. So we had to make her throw it up. My sister's dog ate an entire ham off of the counter. Oh, I was
2: there for that.
0: Yeah,
1: she ate an entire ham off the counter, which was too much salt for a dog to have, so Mm -hmm. they had to make her throw that up.
0: I've done that before. Funnily enough, while high. (laughs) Complete circle. We're all full circle. So speaking of things
2: being full circle, let's get back to the mystery. Checking on Dana, learns about the theobromine situation, so Nancy decides to tell Peyton that her horse is a juicer, apparently. But when Nancy goes to check on Peyton, she sees that Peyton's saddle has been cut up and torn up with a knife. Now, this makes Nancy suspicious of Jessica, the first competitor, because Peyton won this saddle for winning a competition. So at this point, Nancy has suspicious evidence about Dana the trainer. She has suspicious evidence about Cal because of the old horse situation. And now she has suspicious evidence against Jessica. But... She has definitive knowledge that there's only one person guilty in this situation. I cannot go further because Nancy Drew novels are interesting in that she kind of leads up to figuring stuff out and then gets herself into a ridiculous amount of trouble over the books I was reading. There were multiple snowmobile attacks. So there's lots of hijinks. But from this point on, it is given away who is responsible. But you have learned all of the necessary clues. So Paul and Kelly, who do you think is guilty of trying to mess up Peyton's chances in the horse competition.
1: How do we know Peyton? Do we trust her?
2: Peyton is Ned's family friend. So that's how they know her. That's why she was at Ned's barbecue, etc.
1: Does she want to go to the Olympics?
2: She said she was nervous because there was an Olympic scout at the competition.
0: I think Peyton did it. And she did it because of the Olympic scout's presence. And if you're involved in the Olympics and you're even associated with performance-enhancing drugs, that'll threaten your chances. So Peyton did it to try to frame her competition. Okay. Because why would Peyton destroy her own saddle? So I think Peyton's the one who did it. I like
2: it. Kelly, what is your guess?
1: Well, see, I was going to guess Peyton as you well. Can, you can also guess wanna...
0: Peyton.
2: If You will get points for guessing the person and the motive. So maybe Paul got okay. a piece of that pie incorrectly.
1: I'm guessing it was Peyton. She has been drugging her horse. Mm-hmm and she realizes she's about to get found out, but if she tanks the race, nobody is going to care if her horse was on drugs or not because she tanked the race, so it didn't matter.
2: All right, now, I will ask a follow-up question because you are correct, Ooh. you are both correct that it is Peyton, Ooh. but how did Nancy Drew know definitively <laughs> that it was Peyton? Do you have a guess as to what the criminating evidence was?
0: Yes, she threw a suitcase on the courtroom floor and Peyton turned her neck <laughs> real fast, and her neck was not broken. <laughs> Aha! <laughs> do, you, do you have a guess, Kelly?
1: Peyton's the only one who has dogs, so <laughs> she knows what that chocolate drug <laughs> does.
2: <laughs> yes. Okay, so you are both correct that it was Peyton. The reason that she did it though is she was too nervous about the Olympics and stuff. She didn't want to perform in it. uh, So she wanted to make Herself disqualified by feeding chocolate to her own horse. So you were very close, Paul, but it was basically she was too nervous about competing in the Olympics, so she wanted to tank her own chances. Mm. And then knifing up the saddle wasn't to make Jessica look bad. It was just so that she didn't have as good of a saddle
0: for the next part of the competition. I've been disappointed in Peyton's in my lifetime, but this is the most I've ever been disappointed in a Peyton. I gotta tell you right now, I'm very upset with her. She got to this moment and then just tanked it that that's so upsetting. What the hell, Peyton? Horseback
1: riding is a very expensive yes. sport to be in. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, if if you're gonna invest that much time and money in something, go to the Olympics. Like-
0: yeah, and that's of all the things. Her parents worked so hard to buy that saddle, or at least get to the point where she won a saddle. Then she just, mm-hmm. I, I, Peyton sounds more like a Karen to me. In that she <laughs> just goes around life being entitled to this stuff, and just says, I'm tired. I'm gonna tank it. Screw Peyton. <laughs>
1: Forget about the saddle. Her parents bought a horse. <laughs> I know.
0: <It's
2: laughs> and then you're going to feed it chocolate? Come on. <laughs> no. So, the incriminating evidence that Nancy knew is that Peyton found the threatening note at the barbecue, and Peyton was the only suspect in attendance at the barbecue. So, how else would that note have gotten to the barbecue? Nobody else knows Ned. Oh. That was Nobody the first inclination. Sent it to
1: Ned's house.
2: Exactly. Gotcha. There's other stuff along the books where you. The way these Nancy Drew mm-hmm. books is that people kind of innocent their way out of it, like when Nancy snoops on different people, which doesn't work super well for the format of this podcast. But I'm very proud of both of you for getting that it was Peyton. You got Peyton. Yay, yeah, so the score well at the end of this first round is tied three to three. Given Yay. the names alone,
1: it was going to be Peyton or Cal. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Dana, trustworthy.
1: <laughs> I'm still suspicious on Ned. <laughs> Ned wrote the note. It was at his house. Uh, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. I say fuck Ned too. to the
2: barbecue in the first place. <laughs> Ned was actually really sweet in this book because the barbecue was all a ruse. He wanted to take Nancy on a secret date afterwards, but because of the incriminating note, Nancy had to solve the mystery, so she couldn't go on the sweet date that Ned had Aww. planned. She just
1: had to solve the mystery. <laughs>
2: it's Nancy Drew. It's in her blood. Mm-hmm. So we now move on to the next mystery, the sabotage at Willow Woods. So this story involves Nancy's friend, George. George is a girl. George's cousin, Kerry, is running for city council in Boylestown. She is a previous tennis champion as well. Oh. So they go to watch her city council speech that is kicking off her campaign. In her speech, she says that she's going to build a new football stadium for Boylestown High School if she wins. Now, the town is very excited about this because Boylestown High School just won the state championship in football, so it'll be nice for them to have a new stadium to go with their successful football team. But while Kerry is leaving the podium and walking back, someone runs by and slips a threatening note into her hand. The threatening note reads, Not everyone loves sports. Stop your campaign or you'll be sorry. It's
0: Peyton. I'm saying it now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So there are two clues that go along with this note. One, Nancy notices that it smells like cigarettes. And two, on the back of the note, it has the logo, which is the logo of the Boyle's Teachers Association, which Paul is a past teacher. You know, all these teachers are going to be very guilty, very suspicious Mm -hmm. people as a whole. True. (laughs) So, Nancy decides the only logical thing to do is to go undercover as a new student at Boylestown High School to figure out what's up. Nancy learns there is a green club at the school, and this green club is anti Kerry because part of the woods the titular Willow Woods will have to be cut down in order to build the new football stadium that she's proposed. So there's a student in the green club named Barney. He tries to get Nancy to join the club and she only agrees when she notices that the sponsor of the club is a teacher who she sees smoking cigarettes. So later on in the story, Kerry has a fundraiser where Nancy meets Julia, her campaign manager. At this fundraiser, someone hacks into the PA system with doctored audio of Kerry saying that she doesn't care about voters. So this makes Kerry look very bad and the fundraiser does not go well at all. Back at the school, Barney introduces Nancy to the Green Club president named Eloise, who strong arms Nancy into doing slam poetry as an initiation test (laughs) to see if she's cut out to join the Green Club. Of course. I will also let you know this is the last new character that you will meet.
1: Wait, who's the teacher sponsor?
2: The teacher sponsor is unnamed. Gotcha. It is just teacher that smokes cigarettes and this is what motivated Nancy to investigate the Green Club further. Gotcha. Nancy destroys its Slam Poetry because she's Nancy Drew, and that's how she rolls, which makes Eloise like her. And then Eloise lets Nancy in on a secret that they're going to do something illegal soon to send a message. You find out that this illegal thing that they're going to do is egg someone's house. (laughs) (laughs) When they're at the meeting of the Green Club to plan the egging of the house, they realize no one brought eggs, so they can't egg the person's house, which I do think is pretty funny. (laughs) Also seems weird that the Green Club would want to use eggs in a prank. It feels like that goes against, I'm imagining everyone in the Green Club is a vegan, so why is egging what they're doing? Maybe that explains why no one brought eggs, because no one had eggs.
1: You can be an environmentalist without being vegan.
2: I guess, yeah, all right, (laughs) touche. Carrie gets in touch with Nancy to let her know that because this past fundraiser went so poorly, her campaign is now bankrupt. So Carrie's campaign manager, Julia, convinces Carrie to do a fundraising event with the football team. Because the football team likes her, she promised them a stadium. It would go very well. So the fundraiser comes, there is another threatening message written on the wall in red blood colored paint, warning Carrie to drop out of the race. And while we are there, we also see Barney from the Green Club. He is working as a waiter and he reveals that his aunt is Julia, the campaign manager. Ah. So from this point on, Nancy is able to put together who it is and what is afoot. So I leave it to you two now. Who do you think is trying to sabotage Carrie's campaign and why are they doing so? I'll let Kelly go first this time.
1: Okay, yeah. Let me just, I'm between two right now. I think it's Barney.
2: You think it's Barney, okay. I
1: think he got access through Julia and he's doing it because he's got a crush on Eloise and he wants to impress her because she doesn't want Carrie to win and Barney wants her attention.
0: Ooh, that's great. All right, Paul, what is your guess? I was gonna say, who's the campaign manager, Kelly? No, that's- Julia, uh, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> that's your wife, Never mind. <laughs> it's your wife, that's what she did. It. I, I did <laughs> Julia is the campaign manager. I think it's Julia. Because it's always a campaign manager. <laughs> <laughs> is there any sort of motive that she has? I bet you she wanted to be in her boss's place. And this goes mm. back a while. And now out of some weird type of like, uh, I'm going to take you Dad, I've been holding this grudge forever. She's now going to take her down. It's her turn. Mm. All right. It's it's jealousy.
2: Paul is 100% correct. Oh what? Gosh. Every single detail. What? You got it 100% correct. It was Julia. And she has been jealous of Kerry for a very long time because she believes that the only reason Kerry is the one that is running for city council and the reason people like her is because she was a past tennis champion and she's only doing well because of the football stadium thing. So it's this whole big anti-athlete agenda that Julia has. Yeah, so what she's decided to do is sabotage her from the inside and do the smear campaign and all of that to completely tank her chances. Now, Kelly, I am giving you a bonus point because Barney was involved he ended up writing the two messages. Aha. Julia did put him up to it, so she's really the guilty one at fault. But I also gave the bonus point because a subplot of it is that not that Barney is jealous of Eloise, he's jealous of Nancy. He gets really sad when he finds out that Nancy has a boyfriend. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so part of the reason he goes along with it is because Nancy is friends with Carrie and he's mad that Nancy doesn't like him. That's hilarious. Love and
1: revenge. Those are the only two reasons. <laughs>
2: So at the end of the second round, Paul has now taken a 9-4 to lead over Kelly. We move in. See,
1: I was thinking Julia's an adult. She has a job and she wants to make money at this profession that she's chosen as campaign manager. And she wouldn't be so petty as to tank her own campaign. I overestimated her.
0: I was thinking after Mike uh, describing how these books are written like a factory, I'm thinking, okay, this might have been written a long time ago. I bet you it's a lot of guys writing this stuff. And I bet you guys <laughs> think all women are jealous and catty. And so that's yeah. the only reason I said that because this is what a guy would think would happen.
1: And I, I said that the guy was being jealous and caddy. My bad. <laughs>
2: Okay, we move on to the final mystery of this episode. This is from the original Nancy Drew series, book 143, Mystery on Maui. That's right, we're going to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. This is part of a very big theme of Nancy Drew books is that she goes on vacation, and while she's on vacation, a mystery is afoot. This happens so often, especially in the 1980s Nancy Drew series, which, unfortunately, none of those stories worked for the format of this podcast, but there is always an interesting love triangle situation where even though Nancy is dating Ned, there's always some hot 80s hunk guy. And he's usually drawn on the cover, Miami Vice style, with a blazer that... Has rolled up sleeves and just a pastel-colored T-shirt underneath. And he
1: usually did it. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> He's the
2: sometimes he is it.
1: She's blinded by his beautiful abs.
2: Honestly, sometimes that happens.
1: <laughs> it was the lifeguard.
2: <laughs> so the mystery on Maui. This involves Nancy, George, and her other friend Bess visiting a friend in Maui so they can all go surfing.
1: Is that her best friend?
2: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so they are introduced to Josh, a cute surfer boy who is practicing for a $75,000 surfing competition. Now this book was written back in the 1960s, okay. so this is a really big That's a, lot of money. It's a really big surfing competition. So he feels very confident in his chances of winning, especially because two contestants mysteriously dropped out of the competition very recently. Ooh. So later on in the book, Josh gives Bess a surfing lesson, and when they are done and packing up, they are approached by a thug who tries to steal Josh's surfboard. They chase him down, they are able to get the board back, but the thug gets away, and unfortunately, his surfboard is damaged. So they go to a local surf shop called Ruby's, which is owned and operated by Someone named Ruby, it's a very aptly named store. You learn that she's a former pro surfer, but now she is just working at the store and making new surfboards. One of the surfboards that she has made is her new top of the line surfboard called the Stinger. And she tries to convince Josh, oh, you should get this Stinger surfboard. And he goes, no, I'd rather just get my board repaired. I don't wanna switch up boards right before a competition. So he ends up-
1: she says, that's a boring decision. Okay,
2: Kelly, don't make me deduct (laughs) points for these terrible puns. (laughs) So Nancy later runs into Ruby's ex-boyfriend, Hank. Hank is the other favorite to win the competition, and he's super intense. All he talks about is winning this competition and that he wants to win at all costs, and he's really cutthroat. He's very determined to win this competition. While she's talking to Hank, she hears an emergency news broadcast about a tropical storm and she runs to the beach because George, her other friend, was surfing at this time. So she goes and swims out to save George and reaches George just as the lifeguard, Manny,
0: arrives as well.
2: (laughs) So Manny brings George to shore safely and they are able to make sure George is okay, everything's fine. Manny and Josh, though, cute surfer Josh who's trying to win the competition, they get into a bit of an argument, and Josh reveals afterwards that Manny has held a grudge against Josh ever since they both failed to successfully pass EMT training.
1: They both failed?
2: Yeah, they both failed, and Manny thinks that Josh wasn't good enough helping him prepare for it. He he blames Josh for bringing him down were in their like, EMT training.
1: Were they like partners in the final exam or something? They
2: didn't go into the details of it like that, but they were training and studying and practicing together and they both didn't get it. And Manny believes that Josh is the reason that he didn't do it. You know, cause when you fail a test, you blame your study group.
0: That's why I always say never mix water sports and studies. <laughs> Like that's, I've been saying that for years. Yeah, books and water and just not a great combo.
2: Yeah. So later... Nancy overhears Hank, Ruby's ex-boyfriend, bragging about how great he's been surfing recently with his new stinger surfboard that he got from Ruby. And he says that this is gonna make him win the competition. Nancy grows more suspicious of Hank, but she also gets the vibe that he likes her. So she starts to flirt with him so that they can go back to his apartment and scope out his place. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh. Yep. Mm-hmm. She's really, okay.
2: She is dedicated to solving the mystery. She does whatever it takes. So while they're in Hank's place, Hank shows her a videotape of him surfing, further proving that he's a huge douchebag. (laughs) While they're watching the video though, she also notices that he has tapes of every other competitor in the upcoming surf competition. Later in the book, Nancy decides to investigate Ruby further. Despite Ruby saying that she wants to retire early off the success of her stinger surfboard, which she says is doing very well, Nancy notices that she has some overdue bills. So that makes it a little bit suspicious. If your surfboard's doing so well, why do you have overdue bills? So the surf competition is a multi-day competition. Josh does well in the first day of the competition, but before day two can start, he is stabbed by a thug. He is stabbed- in the stomach by a thug. At this point, clues are revealed that let you know exactly who it is, but Nancy was able to deduce some reasoning before they very obviously found who was responsible at the scene of Josh's stabbing. So I turn to you two. Who do you think is guilty for stabbing Josh and sabotaging the competition,
1: and what were their motives? Okay, I think it's two people. Okay. Ruby's the mastermind. Okay. Behind all of this. And she wants Hank to win. Because if he wins on her surfboard, it'll do better in sales. Okay. And so she's mad that Josh wouldn't take her surfboard. So she teams up with Hank.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And Hank is the thug who does the uh, mugging and stealing of the surfboard. Mm-hmm. And then the eventual stabbing of the Josh.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay.
1: And he does it because he wants to get back together with Ruby. So he's, he's willing to help her out.
0: Okay, all right. Paul, what about you? I also think it's Ruby, but I don't think Hank is involved. I think he's a dupe. I think she hired someone else to stab Josh to make it look like Hank. And she wants everyone to think it's Hank because he's the obvious guy, but she really loves Josh and no one's known that. <laughs> She's had a secret flame for Josh and she not only got the guy to stab him, He stabbed him with a knife called the Stinger. And that's how Nancy Drew traced it back to her. That's gotta be it. Okay, I will say
2: both of you did very well here, but (laughs) Paul is more correct.
1: What, the knife was called the Stinger?
2: (laughs) I wish, I wish. that's not right. So it was Ruby. Kelly, you were correct in that the whole reasoning that she wanted to do this was because she is behind on the bills, the Stinger sales are not doing well, she struck a deal with a sponsorship company where if the winning contestant used the Stinger surfboard, she would get a bunch of sponsorship money. Nice. But she did not hire Hank to do it, Paul is right, Hank was the dupe. It's just some other guy uh, that she hired out to do it. It it is literally just random thug that we don't ever meet or know the name of. It's just random thug that was hired. So I awarded you both points for this round, but the final score is in favor of Paul Bay. Paul, you've won 15 to 10. You are the winner of this episode of Meddling Adults for the Old Friend Senior Dog Sanctuary, Paul, how do you feel?
0: I feel great because uh it was fun playing with you and Kelly because I don't <laughs> do mysteries. My friends are going to like they're going to cry laugh when they find out I actually participated in a mystery. <laughs> and you did they, very and well. I, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> and 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 I'm and I follow the Old Friend Dog Sanctuary uh, Instagram every day and I look at their beds and I always think, "Oh, I wish I could get a new bed for that dog or that dog." So this will buy A couple new beds for those old dogs that no one wants to adopt. So I'm very, I'm actually, my heart is overflowing with warmth. Enjoy.
2: That's very good. Kelly, you fought valiantly as well. You did very well. Paul just knocked it out of the freaking park. (laughs) But, you know, he writes creepy podcasts and stuff. So it it makes sense. It makes a whole lot of sense. Paul, if people want to find you and those creepy podcasts I just alluded to or anything else you're doing and working on, where can they do so? Where can they go?
0: Uh, Just go to my Instagram or my Twitter uh, at Mr. Paul Bay, M-R Paul Bay. uh, And then you'll see all the listings there. Sweet. And Kelly, how about you on the internet?
1: I'm uh, I'm at vote for me Kelly B on Twitter, and I'm also vote yes for Kelly S on Twitter.
2: That is your cat exclusive Twitter account. That's my Twitter cat account.
1: exclusive Twitter account. Because <laughs> I made a joke that I was going to make it when we got married, and now it exists. And I have two followers. <laughs> yeah.
2: I am one of the followers. You're, you're one of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, Paul and Kelly, thank you so much for joining. Listeners, thank you for listening. And I will say, you both were very solid. So these criminals did not get away with it because you two were some truly spectacular meddling adults. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we have determined that Ned is the meddling adult. Was Ned in that
1: last story? Because I'm pretty sure it was
2: him. Ned was not in that last story. Mm. <gasps> Maybe he's you the think- unnamed. Thug and yeah. Oh
1: my gosh. He followed Nancy there. He was jealous of Josh and Hank flirting with her. And so he stabbed them.
0: He, he's <laughs> part of a den of thieves. Then, then that's Ned backwards. Oh. Ned. oh, we have to go deeper. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thanks for listening to episode four of Meddling Adults. Meddling Adults is created, hosted, edited, and produced by me, Mike Schubert. It's co-produced by Multitude. The music is by Bettina Kampamanas. The art is by Mayan Atias. And the website is by me and Kelly Schubert. Just an update, we've decided that we'll be allocating the funds at the end of the season so that we have a better sense of how much money we're able to give to each of the winning charities. And if you want to help that total amount grow, you can support the show over at patreon.com meddlingadults, where all of the money after covering expenses goes to the winning charities. You can follow the show on social media at meddlingadults on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can learn more about the show at meddlingadults.com. If you enjoy the show and you think of someone who might also enjoy it, why don't you tell them about it or leave a rating interview online? That really does help. Thanks so much for listening and hope to see you for episode five next week.